I'm Jalair Hall, Skills Development Specialist for the GSS Project. And today, for our episode three of our monthly GSS Jamaica Industry Hour podcast, we will be sharing tips and techniques that will help you succeed in the global services sector. Welcome. We are happy that you have joined us as we share with school leavers, young adults, and anyone in the market for a job in the GSS, steps by step by step, how to get your resume ready, how to craft a good cover letter, approaches to acing a job in the industry, and how to leave a good impression with a potential employer. We will cover that and more under the topic, we did, are you ready for the world of work, tips and tricks for success? We did a quick Instagram poll asking our followers, do you think you're ready for the world of work? The results, 68% said yes, while 32% said no. Let's see how we can help those who said no to feel more comfortable and confident about entering the world of work. As usual, with our monthly GSS podcast, we are focusing on topics that are important to the GSS industry and our audience. Helping us decode the job application process today are our special guests, Veronica McCurdy and Shanique Campbell. Veronica McCurdy is a result-driven professional and expertise in organizational excellence, performance coaching, and mentorship. Throughout her career, she has worked with JPS, Digital Group, VM Group, Sutherland Group, and Late Group of Companies. Currently, she serves as the Client Director for IBEX, where she liaises with teams and clients to build confidence, strengthen relationships, and improve business processes. Welcome, Veronica. Thank you so much, Jalair. Awesome. A second year student at UEMONA, Shanique Campbell is a very active person in campus or on campus. She's currently serving as the Deputy Vice President of Communication and Internal Relations for the UA Student Today Alumni Tomorrow Group, of which she was recently elected president for the upcoming academic year 2022 to 2023. In addition, she's the Director of Marketing and Communications for the UA Mona Guild President of Services and Special Projects, a project manager within the, G the Guild PROs Committee and Assistant Cultural and Entertainment Affairs Chairperson for the MBBS Class of 2026. One of our hopes for the nation is that viable opportunities will create for youth in their various fields of study. A big welcome to you both. Hi, Julia. Hi, Shanique, and congratulations um, on your new appointment. Thank you very much. Okay, awesome. So let's get started. All right. When we speak of the GSS industry and the job opportunities that exist in the sector, it is key that we're aware that that ranges from entry-level positions straight up to senior management level roles. And there are a myriad of job 
profiles or job opportunities in the sector in which spans across various segments or sub-industries. So for instance, for basic entry-level opportunities, there are opportunities in customer service, in sales, in tech support, data collections, and other areas. And as you move up into the industry, up the value chain, there are supervisory level management um, opportunities, as well uh, in operations management, project management, and other areas. And as you go up, there are opportunities in head of operations, in accounts, in IT, HR, training, and talent development. So what are the basic requirements for entry into the BPO or the GSS sector? Five CFC subjects, including of math and English, are the requirements by many of the firms. Some firms may reduce that basic requirements. There are requirements regarding tertiary um, graduate's degree. So they might require a um, degree in business administration, you know, with a specialty in accounts for somebody with an interest in a junior account management role. And for somebody with an interest in an HR support role, there may be that same requirement of a bachelor's in business administration with a focus on HR. So when we talk about the GSS, we speak specifically of four main segments. So there's the BPO, which a lot of persons know business process outsourcing, but there's also KPO, knowledge process outsourcing, ITO, information technology outsourcing, and digital media. And when we talk about career pathways um, in those segments, as I mentioned earlier for a BPO, we may have you know, a customer service agent. Um, and as that person moves up, they can move into roles such as operation support, um, they can make lateral move into training and talent development, or they can continue into operations, being head of operations or account managers thereabouts. When we talk about KPO, we speak of roles such as digital and data analytics, um, accounting, risk management. Um, ITO, we look at cybersecurity, um, security analyst, and training security officer. Now, for entering to the industry, um, we speak of what are the expectations of the firms? And this is what we're here to find out today. Um, what is it that firms expect of applicants? We talk about submitting your resume. What are the expectations there? We need clear and concise resumes. We encourage you to remove all the irrelevant and outdated information. Indicate the skills that are applicable to the job that you are applying for. That is very important to note. The GSS industry has a diverse career growth opportunities, as I mentioned before. And we must emphasize that it is more than just call center and BPO as we know it. And as we move and shift to higher value added segments, it is important that we support persons you know, in their quest to apply or to engage with employers in the industry. So I'm going to introduce, or I'm going to invite Shanique to tell us, as a university student, 
what are the three main concerns that you think university students have regarding the job application process? Okay, uh, no problem. Um, I actually did a little survey because I wanted my response to be reflective of uh, a wide cross-section of, of university students. But the three main concerns that I had picked up was were um, lack of experience, for one, um, inadequate preparation for the world of work. For example, you know, resume writing, how to, to compile a, a proper resume and how to conduct themselves in an interview and not enough opportunities um, in their specific field. Those are the three main concerns. Okay, so lack of experience. You know, one of the things that um, HR professional and Veronica here um, can attest to it is that as university students, you know, you are so involved in clubs and societies. Mm -hmm. And I think university students don't recognize that that is experience. You know, those, based on your involvement, those are skills, you know, that you can incorporate in your resume if it is that you don't have work experience. And of course, as I mentioned, the industry is so wide. There, the opportunities are so vast. So for instance, you know, students in science, we have a, a company currently that is so um, involved in healthcare, and they are looking to upscale the opportunities in healthcare. So nurses, for instance, you know, that's opportunities for them right there. And so I think that the issue is that a lot of students don't recognize what the GSS sector entails and the, the opportunities that are available to them. And I agree, I agree. Some of them are not aware either of um, the opportunities. You mentioned it, um, the skills that you can garner by being involved in, in various activities. Some persons don't know that they can actually utilize those skills in their resumes um, to look for jobs. So that would be a good, a good platform um, to advertise that, okay, even if you, just graduated from university and you have not yet had a job, whatever you did in university can can um, suffice. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, Shanique, because everybody has experience. If you were to actually look at it from the word experience itself, you think about it, uh, you may be asked, uh, you need a year, a year's worth of customer service experience you've been serving customers for a long time in fact your your teammates are your customers my daughter is in second year at ua right now and she did an accounting project a couple of about a month or so ago and when i look at those five young people putting together that project when persons were assigned their different responsibilities there, I mean, one person was supposed to be a CEO, the other one a COO, a marketer, um, head of HR, etc. And they were all given their responsible areas to work on. When they wrote it down, they realized that this person was more skilled in a particular area and they shifted it around. Mm. Is, isn't that a great way to showcase based on the skill set this person is assigned a particular responsibility and the fact is you know when employers ask for experience 
as individuals like yourself, they're expecting you to be confident enough in what you can do and showcase what you have to offer. Your aptitude now for that particular responsibility will enable you to be employed by the different persons. When you opt out because you're saying that I don't have enough experience, it goes to show that you're probably not the right fit for the organization. So it's good when you can look at where you are, look at where you want to go, and look at what you have done in the past, in your interaction. You were part of your Rotaract club. You spent time interacting with the different um, persons. You had your meetings. So many things persons, I mean, they've gotten their experience in and not being able to showcase these because they're looking at formal experience is something for you to think about. And I'll give you another example. And at a former place of work, there was a young man that uh, he came for his, what they call the internship, that work experience that he'll do in your final year. Mm -hmm. And he spent about a month, a month and a half. After he left, he would come to the office every single evening and he would ask, is there anything else that you have there that you want me to look at for you? I mean, this, this is free services offering. And he did that almost every single day for about two months. We had an opening for a temporary position. You know who we call though? <laughs> that young man. And right now, his career is progressing in that organization. Well, I mean, Veronica, I can actually add to that because as a university student um, doing IR, um, I myself was sent to do internship. And funny enough, I was sent to JAMPRO. And as an intern, you know, it was supposed to do four weeks internship, which led to the entire summer. And of course, after completing my degree, that's where I got my first job. Right. So... There is, there is no such thing as the excuse as lack of experience. Use what you have and use your strength as well. When we get to the interviewing, we'll talk some more on it, but we want to make sure that you're using your strength to your advantage. So Veronica, I'm going to ask you to respond to one of the, the challenge that Shanit mentioned with regards to how to structure the resume, um, you know, what to put on it. So, you know, tell us what do you consider um, a winning resume? Number of pages, you know, there's a debate whether or not you put your photo on, you know, so tell us. The debate about the photo is dependent on the industry that you're going in. So you don't want to take up a lot of space by perhaps adding a, a, a photograph of yourself unless it's a relevant in, in, in certain industry. The idea is for you to showcase what you can do. So you normally start with what you can do for the organization. So even though you're coming out of university, you don't want to start at the point of, of just what you've achieved in terms of your, you know, your bachelor's degree or whatever it is. You want to start where you can assist the organization. So your experience, um, you have spent four years in the university, um, stood in the areas of accounting and marketing, and I was able to conceptualize a project from start to begin 
to, to, to end. And I was, uh, my team and I, we got the highest mark in that particular area if it is that you don't have the work experience, but you have that academic work experience in quotation mark, you showcase that first. I will want to bring that over to your organization and help in streamlining this particular area that you're applying for. And then you showcase the area that you are applying for. Persons normally talk about this one page, two page as it relates to um, the, the size of your, your resume. The size of your resume is dependent on what you want to tell the person that you're, 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 you're what you want to impress with that person. So take, for example, whatever experience you have, whether you were in whatever club you were in, clubs you were in in um, school, what you want to showcase about you. If that doesn't fit onto a page, it can go over to the second page. If it fits onto the page, fine. But what you don't want to do is to have a crammed resume or a wordy resume. So you don't want it to be wordy. Wordy so it is about three to four pages, like when you're writing those um, CSEC examination in English and you have to do all of that storytelling. Your resume is not an autobiography. Your resume is a marketing tool. And so you're using it. So you put enough information to get the attention of the, your prospective employer, but you're not going to put too much information that you lose them. So you, you, you wouldn't have a paragraph. You will have a bullet. Bullet pointers beneath the areas that you want to sell about yourself. And, and, um, and then so, so no full paragraphs. So if it takes you over onto the next page, that's perfectly fine. If it can fit into one page, let it be that the story chronologically told will impress the prospective employer. So you start, some persons would want to, to give their, um, their objective. That is up to you, but because it, it, it's how you sell yourself. I'm aspiring um, accountant. And you, know, you want to make sure that uh, at the end, in the, in the next five years, I want to be serving my organization in a particular way. Or you don't want to have that, but you want to start with your where you are in terms of your experience that you've had, how you have led your teens in school. And this is me telling you now, Shanique, and you, 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 you actually, you're showing it right now with the areas that you are a part of, which is quite good. So you're able now to be selling all of those all of those groups that you're in, those, those responsibilities that you've had, those will form part of your experience. And then you're going to go on to show your academic results because you want to show that you're trainable. That's what the, those four years or three or four or five years in university is actually you showing that I can stick to this thing to a finish and I can do well at the end of it. So your stick to itiveness comes out through the years of study. And then you want to put um, the, the organizations that you've been involved in. And you and you know, and so you sell. So if all of this can be fitted onto one page, that's fine. But if it needs to be given in two pages, let it be the two page. But at your level, it would not be wise to go into a three-page though. 
Ah, I see, I see. Okay, so do you list um, your skills areas? Um, I know some resumes you may have that after your profile, mm -hmm. um, a list of all the skills that you, you possess. Yes, you want to look at the skills, but you don't want to have an exhaustive skill set. Let it be that the skill set that you're representing, they're, they're actually in line with the job that you're going after. So if you're, you're, you're people-oriented, um, quick learner, proficient in Microsoft Office suite, um, you want to look at your, your digital um, savage, you know, you want to make sure that those skill set, they're put forward. But I don't want you to have this long list of um, time management, work well with people, and you're gone, 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 right, right, right down until the... The, the story and the next bullet that you want to tell, the, you miss it. You miss that because you, you have so much things for, for that recruiter to be looking on. You want to make mm -hmm. sure that you solidly build on the steps that you, you want to show. I did have it on a, on a slide um, that I had prepared for you guys. So um, I could give you, show you a sample of it. So let's look at this one. If we if we go back to the slide and go off the slideshow, we can just double click on the hyperlink and I'll be able to show you. Right there. So I'm hoping that you are able to see it. I'll, I'll, I'll put it in, but um, if we get off the slideshow and we actually go on to the off the slideshow mode and we, we will be able to look at it. So we just need to it's not on me right this minute. I'll show it to you then I'll show it to you by the end of our session. Okay. All right. Um, All right. So, yeah. Right. So, I see where you have um, best practices for job interviews. I'm just going to jump right into that. You know, tell us, you know, five or five best practices for job interviews. You know, talking about attire, tone of voice, body language, and the works. Yes. So, when we want, we, we want to make sure that you research a company that you're applying to. So that if you know you you're able to if they ask you what you know about my company you're able to say something about that company so you want to make sure that you know do some research you want to be deliberate in your attire you don't want to be casual you don't want to have the sleeveless you don't want to have the slippers and you know flip-flops you want to be conservative with your makeup so that it's not the first thing that the persons are looking at instead of looking at you and what you can offer you try to be as neutral as possible. So if you look at the examples that I have um, to the side right there, you'll see you don't want, as a, as a male, you wouldn't want to go there in a t-shirt with a cap turned backward. In our climate, we may not need to do the suit, but you know, the shirt and tie is quite fine. And then you have this young lady here, you, you, you can choose to 
not to have the jacket based on our climate, but at least it's very neatly put together. You don't want to go in anything too short. You want to make sure that you look presentable at the interview. Um, another thing, you, you need to anticipate the questions they are going to be asked and be prepared without being scripted. You have so many persons telling you so many things. And, you know, sometimes what we do, we memorize some of those answers that they give to us. But at times, they can be a little bit tricky in what they ask. i give you an example. Years ago, I was asked by one of these interviews that, I mean, it's one of my fondest memories doing an interview. How many banana chips do I think per, um, are consumed in Jamaica in a year? And when you think about it, 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 it seemed a weird question in an interview. But at the time, I was applying for a job as a performance analyst. And as an analyst, your ability should be to reason. Mm -hmm. And then I reflect when I was in high school, the only thing I could do was mathematics. And when I say only, I mean singly, only thing I could do in school was mathematics. And it served me well. So when I was leaving high school, I can tell you the four subjects I left high school with were mathematics with a grade, grade one with straight A profile, English language, ad maths, and accounts. So everything was simply mathematics. And then when I went on to do A-level, I did maths and I did accounts again. But the funny thing is, when I, when I started to do tertiary studies, I was actually the very best in calculus because of that mathematics. So when she mm -hmm. asked that question, I said, well, I like banana chips. And I think perhaps another third of the population would like banana chips. And we have about 2.8 million persons in Jamaica. And what we have, 365 days of the year. Uh, so... If I were to do the math to say that they'll eat banana chips twice per annum, and then I do that multiplication, I would come up with runabout and I get the number of banana chips being consumed. And she looked at me, and the funny thing, I got the job. I got the job. And years later, I asked, why did you ask that question? Oh, I was testing your reasoning ability. So let your strength be your strength so my strength was mathematics and that was what i used to answer that question so i'll say to you shani if you're going into the interview do not be verbatim with some of those answers you're seeing on the internet mm -hmm. be authentic so if you look at what you're good at if they ask you uh what are your weaknesses and you know for a fact there are certain things that you know areas of opportunities that you you want to improve on you look at it before and say what are the areas of opportunities that i have to improve on and what am i doing about it right now so let's say you are a shy person and you know you need to be a little bit more assertive in certain situation well, I can, I have a tendency to, you know, not to talk in certain situations, but what I'm doing right now is trying to get out a little bit more so that I'm able to meet more people so that I'm in a better position to initiate conversations. So you start by looking at the area of opportunity, what you're doing about it, and, you know, you think you're doing better on it. Don't say, well, I don't know, you know, 
I don't think I have any weakness. They are looking to see how aware you are of you. Oh, aware. And they'll ask you, what, what's your strength? When they ask you about your, your, your strength, so many persons, um, the cliche answer, I am a perfectionist. And because I'm a perfectionist, I, and you will see that answer and you will get that answer every single where. You're, it could be a case that you are a, 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 one of those visual persons. So you have, a, you have the eye for details. So usually I'm able to spot an anomaly in a particular situation. And so I, I, I can lead persons to the best result. Or it's a case where perhaps you, you're very good at, at imagery. So when you see something, you remember it. And so you're able now to carry that forward. So look at your authentic self and don't memorize any of those things that you're seeing on the internet. When they tell you the exact answer that you're supposed to be giving at the interview, and 10 of you go to that interview, and all 10 of you say the same thing. So, you know, you know, you know, it's not really the real you. You want to keep good eye contact, but you don't want to be staring. So, you know, you're giving the eye contact, you move away a little, perhaps thinking about it, but you want to, you know, want to make sure that persons are actually. Seeing that you're 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 seeing them, and if it is that you need a twenty seconds or so to think about a question, not necessarily twenty, perhaps five seconds, you you know think about your answer first, and you can ask them, can you repeat that, um, or you paraphrase it. If they ask you something and you need a little bit of time, you paraphrase it. Are you asking me this so that at least you can get to that answer that you want to give? Um, in a way that you, you show that you're authentic. Okay, thank you for that, Veronica. I mean, when you talk about strength and weakness, I think for a lot of persons, they don't want to identify a weakness because they think it's going to be used against them. And so in that interview, the first response is, oh, I don't have any or I can't think of any. But you, as you so rightly say, you need to state what your weakness is and what you're doing, you know, in terms of working on it. Mm -hmm. that, that would add more value in that interview. So thank you so much for those um, best practices. Um, what I'm gonna ask now of you both is to do a mock or a demo of an actual interview, you know, just, you know, sort of persons. So the specialist Veronica, you know, <laughs> you will be the interviewer. And of course, Shanique, you are being interviewed for a job. So what job it is that you want to be interviewed for today? Wow, <laughs> I didn't actually <laughs> think of it, but um, it would have to be something entry level, of course, you know, coming out of you. Definitely. So um, anything along the lines of media production would be okay. good right now. Okay, so there you go. So Veronica and Shanique, over to you both. Okay, hi Shanique, welcome. Hi Miss McCurdy. Thank you very much for taking interest in our organization. Where did you see our job? Well, I saw it on social media, Instagram to be exact. I figured it would have been on one of those, the fact that it's in your area, media production. Well, it's nice to have you. Tell me, what do you know about us? Well, I know that your company is, um, well, the premier 
company in charge of media production. I know that you have done stuff for the government and for many corporate agencies such as Digital Jamaica and you know others, of course. And I really want to be a part of this organization to ensure that I am, you know, improving on my skills as I work along with your other able professionals. Okay. So now that I know that you have an interest in our organization. Tell me a little bit about Shanique. Who is Shanique? Well, I am a second year student. I currently pursue a Bachelor of Arts in Digital Media Production. And I dabble in graphic design, but my main area is photography. Oh, so do you have any of your works that you would want to display? And, you know, let me take a look at it now. Sure, I do have a, uh, my portfolio. I could always make it available. Okay, okay. Yeah, looking good, looking good. So when you, about you now, uh, what would you say are your areas, your strength, the, the areas that you feel very proud um to display? Well, my strengths, um, I'm always willing to learn more. I mm -hmm. do understand that I don't know everything about photography. Mm -hmm. So um, that's one of my strengths, I would say. Okay. Any area that you think you need to brush up on? Any areas of opportunity? Of course. Um, one specific area would be editing, you know, mm -hmm. post-production of my photographs okay so what are you doing about that i'm currently trying to um obtain information from sites of course such as youtube you know seeing what i can do to build my capacity okay very good very good they, those tend to help i did some of those in my time and i found them to be quite helpful um another thing that i've done is to talk with persons in the particular field and I've seen where we can leverage a skill set, you know, of even tutors. So you can think about it. You can leverage a skill set of your tutor to see, let him know the, the, the company that you're probably reaching out to. He probably have ideas that will help you um, as you go along in terms of how you can be impressive in your first 30 days or so. Thank you very right. much for that suggestion. You're welcome. Another thing I want to know, how do you see yourself in another um, three to five years? Well, in another three to five years, I'm sure I'll be even better at my, my skill. Mm -hmm. I do hope to branch out to uh, other areas of media production, not only photography or graphic design, but videography, um, hopefully. How do you think you'll help us? <laughs> of course, by providing my skill set um, of photography, okay. you know, yeah. Okay, okay, all right. Do you have any question for me? Uh, no, I don't, not at this time. All right, so so, so that's our role play, Jaleer. And so let me give you now some observation of Shanique. You never go to an interview without any questions prepared. Mm -hmm. Ever. <laughs> Ever. At least. So, at least. <laughs> and if you go and by some chance they 
interviewer, just a talkative like me. <laughs> everything that you need to know at that point, you will say, you know what? I had in mind to ask you about your company in the areas of um, oh, I can leverage some more persons, but I noticed that you mentioned that I can turn to so-and-so for help. Is there anything else that I can or you get, you know, see so you get back into it just in case your, your questions were eaten, then you can build on that particular question. And the other thing is when persons ask you where you want to be in three to five years, it's really a trick question. They want to test your loyalty to the organization. So, you know, part, a good strategy is to always look at, you know, areas of opportunities within that organization. So what I usually do is turn it back on them and say, oh, always the growth within the company. Okay. And then um, based on that, um, I think I'll be able to grow with you you know, so that we can build or do bigger and better things within the organization. It's not a case that you're going to tell them that you want their seat <laughs> and something like that, but you want to make sure that you are be relevant within the organization. And you'll be surprised to see, you know, how you start having conversation about your interests. They get into the other interests that you just mentioned and so on. So you get into you know, the other area of the videography that you'll be pursuing. And so, oh, both of you can help each other within the organization. And soon after that, you'll be surprised to see that the interview, the session has morphed into a nice conversation that you're having until you forget that you're <laughs> having interview. You start being comfortable. This person starts being comfortable with you and you end up getting the job on the spot. You know, and without even knowing it, because you get into what you what you're trying to do is to get to a position of relaxation. It comes with time and it comes with experience. But as you start out, I want you to be not. It, there's a way to show your confidence without being facetious or being upfront in somebody's face. There's a way that you sort of lean into it without you seeming enough or anything like that. And it is how you actually understand and know the difference between the two that you you and you can start having that type of conversation. Your humility should should always be showing. So they should always see that you're one of you're you're not somebody who will be in their face, but there you're somebody who will take initiative who will learn and who will grow, who will make us as a company look better. Thank you very much for your observations and suggestions. You are very welcome. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So Veronica, um, I think Shanique did fairly well. Yes. Um, so can we say that she has gotten the job? Yes. <laughs> Okay. She asked, she wanted to do some videography with our company and, <laughs> and all of that. So, you know, you, you, the, the, and the pleasant, always maintain your smile when you're there. Make sure that you, you, you it's not that you're going to be in their face, gritty, <laughs> but you want to make sure that they, you're approachable and, uh, you know, that you're, you're somebody that persons want in their organization. 
In the GSS environment, um, there are so many different positions available for persons. A number of persons sort of see only the call center side of it, but that is just a very tiny subset of what we offer. We we have, as um, Julia mentioned, the the, um, like the the KPOs and so on. When you think about think about a stream like uh, uh, an HR stream, where you can be in recruiting, you can be in training, you can be in talent management, you can be in talent development, you can be in so many areas right there. When you talk about the marketing and you know things of that nature, now when more and more organizations seeking visibility on social media, when you talk about um, accounting department, when you talk about the IT department, and the funny thing, starting most persons started by taking calls. Most persons started in the BPO part of it, and what it has done for them is to give them that 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 orderliness really you being able to stick to a particular schedule being on time for your schedule if you are able to solidify working get keeping your kpis that's the key performance indicators those are the metrics that persons are measured by if you are able to ace your kpis keep your attendance going you'll be surprised to see how you can build a career coming straight to as an agent. A number of the senior leaders within these organizations, country managers, VPs, and so on, they started by taking calls. And they were able to move within these organizations and have some solid careers in the BPO industry. There are others who have branched, on, branched off into other areas. But what, what the BPO has done, it has revolutionized training. You will see persons coming off and they are given, they, they have actually, I think that's one of their proud, the, the, the proud moment for the BPO, their ability to train persons who probably sometimes persons think are, untra are not trainable. And these persons, are able to do their job well. And if you can be an agent for a year, a year and a half to two years, and then move on into different facets of the business, you'll be surprised to see how it carries through your life. Because that organization skill set, you know you have to reach work at a certain time, you know your break is at a certain time, and you're able to really just be organized in whatever you do. It really helps in your overall uh, management of your life. So it's it's an area that it, it, I would I would I would encourage anybody leaving university to try it, try it at least try it for a year or so, and you'll see how much you learn, or your skill set. You know, you build certain solid skill set within the industry. Yeah, that's that's certainly true. I think um, certain skills such as, you know, working with being team oriented, you know, time management, mm -hmm. uh, punctuality, you know, all those essential skills that you need for your own personal development. These are things that you will acquire working in the GSS sector. Um, so now we're going to move on to question and answer.
we have some questions that um, we'd like to, to ask based on questions frequently asked regarding preparing for interviews and preparing um, your resume. So Veronica, um, first question, what are some practical tips for standing out among a sea of candidates with similar qualifications? The thing is, you always, always think about yourself and what you are able to offer and not about the other candidate and what that candidate is coming with. So if for you to stand out, you are early, you are properly attired, you speak well, you know about the organization, you know about the business, and you are going to sell yourself in what you're going to be doing for the business. So you don't look at the other person, just focus on what you bring to the table. And you'll be surprised to see that you, somebody who is more qualified than you are, you are chosen over that person because of your attitude when you get there. You're, you're, you're gonna have your questions ready for the organization. Show them that you are interested in that business. Show them you're interested in the job. Okay, awesome. Um, what are some of the techniques to help, you know, a candidate remain calm and focused during an interview? Especially when you have a panel of persons throwing questions at you. The idea is to breathe and breathe and breathe properly. And one of the things that has helped me is to look at somebody that I find to be pleasant and um even when I'm you, you, when you're in a panel interview, you cannot be looking straight at one person. You have to be looking at all of them. But in my mind, even when I'm looking at the other person, I'm looking at that particular person, so that you you just know that it, you know, I I I am talking to a friend. So start thinking about you talking to a friend, and just take take deep breath. And if you go into an interview and you need to have like a glass of water to keep you calm. It is okay to, you know, just ask for a glass of water, and um, you just make sure that you you are comfortable, be comfortable with persons, and make, just make the eye contact, and just ensure that when you're honest in your answers. One of the things that cause persons to be jittery during interviews is when they plan a script. And they forget the word out of the script. <laughs> and so they, they miss the word and you get thrown off. So you, you can't remember the sentence anymore. So even if you may look at interview guides, let it be relevant to you and your situation. So it's not a case that you're talking being scripted so that if you miss a word, you're thrown off totally. Okay. Thanks for that. Um, so the question that, you know, a lot of persons try to shy away from in interviews, um, the question of salary. So I know companies like to ask, what are your expectations? And you are required to respond as well as some companies may not ask at a certain level of the interview, but then as a candidate, you might want to ask, you know, what is the salary range for this role? 
you know, how do you go about that? And after receiving the job, you know, how do you go about negotiating the salary that, you know, you want? Well, there are two ways to do it. Always know the range for the position you're going after. So you can do your research on the industry so that you know you, you have a glass door, you have different um, places that you can go to know the range of salary for a particular position. In Jamaica, there are some public, published ranges of salaries for different functions. You take, you take a look at it so that you have an idea what the range is. And if you know that you're not at the top of the stream in terms of experience, you may drop yourself to about three quarter levels within that range. So let's say the range of um, salary for a job is between um, 75 to $100,000, but you know that you're not yet at the top of it, it's good to drop yourself somewhere at about probably 80, 85, so that you, you there's room to grow within um within the, the 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 job but let's say you know you're at the top you can ask a 99 but you try not to go to the exact top of it when um you if you know the salary range for that particular position and so so going in an informed um, way really because it, it, it's it, it, it would be it would not be so productive if you're asking for something that is outside of the scope of the organization. The other way to do it is usually if you if you're given an offer and you think that you know you think the, the, the person can do a little bit better, you can based on my research, I've seen where this the, you know this is the range for salaries within that particular job, do you think you're able to go up by X and let the employer decide? But usually, most companies, they leave you the latitude to be able to say what you're expecting. So if you look at every job um, form, if you look at most of the application forms, they'll ask you what your salary range is. And know where your floor is. So if your floor is a particular amount, you know that it is. you, you put a little tops above your floor. So you know that you're not going to go below $50,000. You could save um, $55,000 to whatever. That's the range. And you try not to put your salary above the range for the position that you know they're paying for that range. Okay. Thanks for that. I think one of the challenges for a lot of applicants is that um, you know they cannot find that information. So you have a job description, you apply for your job, but there's no information about what that salary is in that advertisement. But as you so rightly mentioned, there are a lot of platforms and you know directories that you can find that information where you can use like an industry standard right. as a guide um, right. to, to 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 support your response to that question. So thank you very much for that. Um, so yes, so thank you guys. Um, the conversation thus far has been very informative. Um, of course, uh, I just want to recap quickly um, in terms of resume preparation, some of the things that you must do um, ensure that your resume have proper grammar and punctuation. 
um, ensure that your resume, you know, is tailored to the desired role that you're applying for, as opposed to a general resume that you pull from the internet. Um, ensure your resume is clear and concise, um, the length of which is dependent on your level of experience, the level of information that you have that you want to present um, on that resume. Highlight your achievements. And of course, be honest in doing so. Mm -hmm. Because a recruit and re reading your resume, you know, can tell that, oh, this is a copy and paste from right. <laughs> the internet because it really, it don't match with what's going on here. Um, and of course, proofread before you submit your application. So I'm going to invite both of you starting with Shanique. Is there anything that you'd like to add or like to say at this point? Sure. I just like to say that this um, episode is really relevant and I actually learned a lot from what we did here, um, especially with the experience. Now I can tell my friends that, okay, we are very involved people. So our experience in our, um, that we have gained in our various positions, they can be used to assist um, in, in the job search. So thank you very much for this. Awesome. Veronica? Yes. And I would want to say as well that you can connect with different persons um, within your industry. So if, if let's say you're going into social media, you can look to see who the influencers are and you can do the connections on the LinkedIn or, you know, different platforms so that at least you can see what's the trend out there so that when you're into the space, you're able to speak the language that they're speaking. So try to build on your connections. And it's not a case that you're going to be up in somebody's face, but it's a case where you're building your network. And as you go along, that is going to be a word that is so loosely used all the time, networking. building your network. But it's very relevant to build on that network. Thank you so much. That is so true. Um, I mean, it might sound cliche, but they say your network is equals to your, your net worth, right? So there's some correlation there. So that is very important to network and, you know, to, to, to connect with persons of similar interests. Um, so I just wanted to say to both of you, thank you so much for taking the time to come and have this conversation with us here at the GSS um, Jamaica Project. Um, thank you to the listeners and the viewers for joining us for our third GSS Jamaica Industry Hour podcast. Um, of course, we ask that you share the link uh, to this podcast with your friends and family. Um, the link is available on all our social media platforms. Um, we are on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And of course, this video is also available on YouTube. Uh, we ask that you send us your questions and your feedback on our podcast to communications underscore GSS at jamprocorp.com. And of course, tell us what topics you would like us to cover um, with regards to anything related to the GSS, of course. Uh, stay tuned to our social media pages for updates on our June episode. Follow us, Facebook and LinkedIn at Global Services Sector Jamaica. 
on Instagram at GSS Jamaica and on Twitter at GSS Jamaica, the number one. Thank you again, ladies. And thank you to our listeners and viewers. Have yourself a great evening. <laughs>